Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Sorry about that interruption. I think there was just a breach on my streaming, uh, but I think we are back on track. Now, just to recap before the technical glitch, I said Matthew speaks about after six days. Then you come to Mark, he speaks about after six days. You come to Luke, he speaks about, about an eighth day. Now, I said this number six is the number of men. And I further said uh, the number seven is the number of completion. And the number eight symbolizes eternity. Now, when you look at it messagically, this event did not take place within men's days. It went beyond the men's days because it was a supernatural event. Now, the prophet, when he speaks here, in the message, Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, paragraph 134, he says, over in this place, then he saw the coming, or the rehearsal. So what you are beginning to see already the prophet tells you that the event on Mount Transfiguration was a rehearsal of the coming of the Lord. That is why it does not take place within the six days. It takes place beyond the six days. It takes place uh, when, when, when Mark and Matthew recorded, they say it was beyond the six days. But when Mark comes, or Luke, when he records it, he says it was run about the eighth day. But the agreement is that it was beyond the sixth day. Now, the prophet says in Revelation chapter 4, paragraph 134, he says, over in this place, then he saw the coming or the rehearsal. And what was the first so thing he saw? The first thing he saw in the coming was Moses, represented the dead saints that would be resurrected. Elijah was standing there, and I want you to notice that what will take place. There was Moses first. That's all the six ages that they slept, six church ages. That is why I said the event did not take place within the six days because resurrection does not take place within the six days. Resurrection takes place on the seventh and the seventh is on the verge of the eighth. He says, now, there was Moses first. That's all there is, all these six ages that they slept. Six church ages. Not only that, but Elijah was there. The first messenger of the last day with his group of the transfigured, the raptured, amen. Now, in the future, awaiting the coming. So the prophet teaches us that the event on man transfiguration 
and agrees with what uh, Paul, uh, Mark, Matthew, and Luke spoke about. It took place beyond the six days. Now he says, there was uh, Moses who represented the resurrected saints who had gone to be with the Lord during the six church ages. Now, then he says, there was Elijah who represented the resurrected, the raptured saints. So, in the seventh church age, there will be people that will be there that are raptured that would have never tasted death. And there would be people that would have resurrected that represent, that were represented by Moses. So Moses and Elijah are representing the people. Now, actually, when you look at it, the cycle of life was complete on Mount Transfiguration. Here you have Jesus, you have Moses, and you have Elijah in their celestial bodies. Then you have Jesus who was glorified. Then you had the disciples who were in their terrestrial bodies. So it shows you are in a terrestrial body, and when you leave a terrestrial body, you get into a celestial body, and when your celestial body comes to pick up your terrestrial body, then it becomes a glorified body. So here, there were living saints, the disciples. Here were resurrected saints. Here were raptured saints. Here was Jesus in a glorified form. That's what we are talking about. Hope we are together. Now, the prophet speaks in this message, blushing prophet, paragraph 10. He says now, and that's the reason I think that we'll appreciate heaven so much, because we have lived on earth once. I think the law, the law of contrast, the reason that we appreciate the Holy Spirit so much tonight is because we lived so long in a church that told us there was no such a thing. The reason we appreciate it tonight because we have heard the other side. That's the, that's, that's the way God has intended it to be because his people has had their ups and downs. You never know how to appreciate mountaintop unless you have been in the valley. You never know how to appreciate a mountaintop unless you have been in the valley. So you never know how to appreciate good water unless you drank some bed sometime all the way through. It's a law of contrast. So the prophet says you will never be able to appreciate mountaintop unless you have been down in the valley. And I want to submit that we have been down in the valleys. We have been there in the valley of confusion. We have been in the valley of denominations. We have been in the valley where we did not know how to place scriptures, how to interpret scriptures. But thank be to God that from the valley, we were made to be elevated to mountain top. And I'm going to unpack what I mean by mountaintop experience. Now, the prophet in the message, God keeps his weight, paragraph 28. He says, remember, it always takes the valleys to make the mountain. Is the, is the washing out of the earth makes the valley and has the mountain above. What the prophet simply says you will never have a mountain top without the valley because it is the valley that produces the mountain top and actually you will never have the pinnacle of a revelation unless you have been developed by god to receive that revelation i hope we are together here god has got god cannot just come and baptize you with the holy ghost he must justify you. He must sanctify you. Thereafter, he baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Then you received the gift of the person of Jesus Christ. I hope we are together here. So these things, it's a process. So that is why you can never be on a mountaintop unless you've been through the valleys. William Branham can, could have never been on the mountaintop of Sunset Mountain unless he had been through the valleys, when he was tested, when he lost his wife, when he lost his, his kid, 
when everything went haywire, when he was rejected, then later God took him to a mountaintop experience because mountaintop experience is not an everybody's experience. It takes a certain class. It takes certain people to reach there. Now, I want to submit to that people can be under the same ministry but not be at the same stages of maturity within that ministry. I just wonder, I mean, you've got Matthew, you've got the three disciples that went up with Jesus. Now, the question would be, what happened to the rest of the disciples if three only made it to the top? What happened to the rest of the disciples? Because, and later we, we find out Jesus, after they saw Moses and Elijah and him transfigured, later post the event, he tells them that, tell no man. Now, brethren, imagine you are in a ministry, you follow Jesus, but you are not privy of this intimate, supernatural event. So that is why when you are under a ministry, you must always ask yourself, what is the pinnacle of this ministry? What is the core of this ministry? What is it that I would have reached that would enable me to tell me that I am the cream of the crop of this ministry. And this ministry in the end time has a pinnacle. This ministry in the end time has a high point. This ministry in the end time has a mountain top. And there is a way to get there, and we are going to unpack that. Now, the prophet says, in this message, the interveil, paragraph 23, he says, and now I find that people so struggle. Seems like I meet people and they say, it's just a struggle. Have you seen people that way? And probably there's many sitting right before me, me now that has the ups and downs. The ins and outs. This day, they are all right. You meet them. They love the Lord today. And tomorrow, they are having such a struggle to hold on. The devil is so tempting them. And they are having such ups and downs. Then you meet somebody that's on the hilltop all the time. Brother, there is nothing bothers them at all. Once you reach the hilltop, once you reach the mountain top, there is nothing bothering you anymore. The mountain top experience is not a once of experience. It is something that lingers on. That's why after Peter experienced this, later he wrote about a holy mountain. But Brother Branham comes, he says, he wasn't saying the mountain was holy. It's because the Holy God was on the mountain because the mountain can never be holy. It's not a holy church. It's the Holy God in the church that makes the church holy. So therefore, it tells you that once God takes you to the mountaintop experience, there is nothing that will bother you anymore. Even if you can go through the valleys, you never forget the mountaintop experience. And I want to say, as you go through life, as you go through the trials of life, one thing that you need to thank God for is to have experienced a mountaintop experience. And if you have not experienced it, you had much better pray that God must give you a mountaintop experience. It's an experience that is going to fortify your testimony. It is experience that is going to keep your perspective about God very much refreshed. The reason Jesus took them to the mountain top, it was not just to change a place of residency. It was to change their spiritual perspective about who he is because that is where he was identified. Here is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Now, let's carry on. We have had in Bible history mountaintop experiences. I'm reminded of Mount Sinai that gave us the law. This was the pinnacle point in the journey of the Israelites after they had left Egypt. This is the spot where Moses would go up and God would write with his own hand the laws to be given, the Ten Commandments to be given to 
Israel. Then we have had Mount Calvary experience. This is where salvation for humanity was granted. We have had a Mount Sunset experience. This is where the fullness of the weight came. And actually, when you speak about these three mountains, they represent, they represent as well the three exoduses. The first exodus, it was a, a nation coming out of a nation. The second exodus, it was a church coming out of a nation. Now in the end time, it is now the bride coming out of a church. You can take it further when Moses says, the Lord God will raise a prophet like unto me, which was what? We know that God told Moses, you Moses, I will make you a repre my representation before Pharaoh. You will become God before Pharaoh. It means that the first exodus for it to take place, God had to become flesh. And now the second exodus when it had to take place, God had to become flesh again. And again, when the third exodus had to take place, God had to become flesh again. I can go on and on because God is perfected in three. Yes, I know there were some mountain uh, top experiences on the periphery, like when Elijah went on Mount Cayman. I can go with other experiences, but these were measure mount experiences as far as the Bible history is concerned. Now, let's come to our time. The prophet says in the message, what is the attraction on the mountain? What is the attraction on the mountain? Paragraph 148. He says, what happened, what happened upon Mount Sunset? God confirming his weight. That's what all this noise is, all, is about. Notice, is God fulfilling his promised weight again of Revelation 10, verse 1 to 7. And in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel's message, the mystery of God should be finished. The hidden mystery of Revelation 10, verse 1 to 7, the last message to the last church age, fulfills exactly in this age. St. Luke 17.30, the day when the Son of Man shall be revealed. So, on Mount Sunset, Revelation 10 verse 1 to 7 was fulfilled. The mighty angel came down on Sunset Mountain. Luke 17 verse 30 was fulfilled. The revelation of the Son of Man by a Son of Man. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. Now, he carries on. In the same message, what is the attraction on the mountain? Paragraph 147. He says, He says, Everything that shall never die. This is the key way. What transpired on Sunset Mountain shall never die. It's, const it's constantly unrolling itself. Folks, what is it that can never die? It has to be the supernatural. It has to be the fullness of the way. It has to be God on the move. So what happened on Sunset Mountain shall never die. It's constantly unrolling itself from the very thing happening to the picture being Jesus standing, looking at us. Now, exactly on Sunset Mountain, the sunset light. So what happened on Sunset Mountain shall never die. What happened on Sunset Mountain keeps on unrolling itself. What happened on Sunset Mountain produced Jesus Christ to the bride. That is why Sunset Mountain, it is our mountaintop experience because that is the moment when the headship came to the bride. This is the moment 
when the capstone came to cap the body. Now, the bride is no longer headless. The bride has got the headship. We look at Mount Transfiguration. When Jesus was there, he transfigured. And after he transfigured, the voices spoke. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Now on Sunset Mountain again, the same one that was on Mount Transfiguration, that transfigured. On Sunset Mountain, he appeared. But when he appeared, it was just the head without the body because you and I are the body upon the face of the earth. This mountain sunset experience was a panic, was the high point of this message. You can never believe and claim to be a message believer unless you believe the mountaintop, mountain, Mount Sunset experience. You can never claim to believe the message unless you believe that a headship came on Sunset Mountain. That's what happened. And Brother Brenham struggled to explain what was going on on Sunset Mountain. And he comes, he says, don't try to explain that of supernatural. You can't do it. Reminds me of Einstein when he looked at the universe. How vast and diverse the universe is. He looked and the discoveries that he was able to come up with his mind could not fathom what he was exposed to when he made researches about the universe until he came and made a profound statement that I have come to a point where I am persuaded to believe that no one can understand the universe unless the universe is put into that individual. We have looked at God, how vast how diverse, how mysterious, how deep, how eternal, how loving, all these things about him. But we cannot explain God to the people. The best way is to get God to indwell a human being so that a human being can have a comprehension of who God is, his nature, his being, how he lives, his character, you cannot explain it. That's why the prophet says, don't try to explain that of the supernatural. Every time you try to explain the supernatural, it, goes, it just goes over the top of the people. How do you explain how Jonah was swallowed by a fish for over 72 hours in the belly of the fish? relaxed in the belly of the fish, alive in the belly of the fish, having oxygen in the belly of the fish. You can't explain that. You can never explain the supernatural. How do you explain how Jesus took fish and bread and multiplied to feed thousands? How do you explain? You can't explain that. And similarly, how do you explain how Philip got to the Enoch that did not understand the Bible, the writings of, Je of Jeremiah. He was there reading, and as he was reading, he did not understand. But look at geographically where Philip was and where the Enoch was. It was thousands and thousands of miles. How did Philip get to where the Enoch was before an aeroplane could be invented? So therefore, whenever you try, to explain the supernatural, you bring more confusion. The best way to explain the supernatural, the supernatural must indwell a human being. And the supernatural will explain itself within an individual. I hope we are together here. Now, in the message, souls that are in prison, paragraph 347, it says, but remember, all this time, Noah was in the ark. The bride is sealed in with Christ. The last member has been redeemed. The sixth seal has produced itself. The seventh seal brings him back to earth. 
the lamb come and took the book out of the right hand of him and sat down and claimed what he owned, what he had redeemed. That's, it's always been that third pool. Three is perfection. The ministry come to its perfection when it reproduced Christ again in natural amongst human, being, human beings as predicted as it was in the days of Sodom. The seventh is still unfolded on Sunset Mountain. And it says the seventh seal brings him back to earth. Let me explain the significance of Mount Sunset. When Jesus died on Mount Calvary to redeem humanity, and when we say humanity, normally the scripture or, or the scripture would normally say, whosoever willeth, whosoever believeth. Now, on that, we say when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for everyone. He died for the redeemed. I don't have the quotation, but it just comes to my mind now. In the message, who is this Melchizedek? Just punch it in your computer. It says, only the redeemed, only the predestinated are considered in redemption. Only the predestinated are considered in redemption. That's a phrase in the message, who is this Melchizedek? So, when Jesus died on the cross, yes, we present a generic message to humanity that Jesus, the, for God so loved the world that he gave only his begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him, whosoever believeth on him. It sounds like he died for the whole world. But actually, if you take it further, he died for whosoever believeth on him. Because he knew who was going to believe in him. He knew because if he is God, he knew the end before the beginning. He knew your reaction towards his weight in 2021. He knew what your sentiments would be towards the weight. That's why based on the foreknowledge, he could predestinate because he had foreknown. Foreknowledge, predestination, hallelujah, because the Lord foreknew. You cannot be God. He cannot be God unless he knew the end before the beginning. So when Jesus died on the cross, yes, genetically or in terms of the etiquette of the gospel, he died for everyone. But when you take it further to the matured, he would have never gone to die for somebody that would have never accepted his death and his resurrection. He died for the people that would acknowledge and accept him as a sacrifice. He died for the people that would acknowledge and recognize him in the power of his resurrection. Now, however, after he died, yet there is a time where a payment has got to be made. And Calvary was the payment that was made as a ransom. He gave the ransom for humanity in order to redeem us. But he did not claim us. We were in the devil's pawn shop. He paid the price for us to be released from the devil's pawn shop. But we were not released. But later on, he has got to come and claim us from the pawn shop. So Calvary, he paid the price, but he did not claim us because the book was still with the one sitting on the throne. The names, our names were written in that book. That book was sealed with the seven seals. That book had our names. That, as long as that book was not opened, 
Calvary did not mean anything. As long as that book was not open, that's why John post Calvary many years post Calvary when he looked into the vision and saw the one sitting on the throne and saw the seven the book that was sealed with the seven seals and no one was worthy to look at the book. No one was worthy to engage with the contents of the book. No one was worthy even to touch the book. When John, Brother Branson, when John realized that no one was worthy, he cried because Brother says he saw the entire creation turning back to atoms and molecules, being nullified, including Calvary. Calvary without Mount Sunset means nothing to humanity. But while he was there weeping, there was an elder that tapped him on the shoulder. Brother Brenham say an elder was a redeemed human being. He says when the elder tapped him on the shoulder, he said, weep not, John, for there is a lion of the tribe of Judah, and he has prevailed. When John turned to look, he found a bloody lamb. Brother Brenham, in your seven church age book, the exposition of the seven church ages, he says this way, you can punch the sequence. He says these things were happening in sequence of time. So what does it mean? When he turned, John, he sees a bloody lamb, but the elder, when he looked, he said, a lion has prevailed. So John sees the lamb ministry. The elder sees the lion ministry, Hallelujah. That means the elder saw Mount Sunset experience because this is the lion ministry. But when John looked, he saw the lamb because the lamb ministry is what brought the lion ministry. Calvary is what brought the Mount Sunset experience. Our names were lodged in that book, written in that book. Nobody knew the contents of the book. But when John tapped, when the elder tapped him on the shoulder and said, John, weep not. There is a lion of the tribe of Judah. He has prevailed. When he turned, he saw the bloody lamb. And now you've got, when you look at it with the denominational opti optics, you are seeing the one sitting on the throne. You are now seeing the lion. You are seeing the lamb. But that is not how it was. Brahman says it was a sequence of time. The lamb, the lion, the one sitting on the throne is one person in different offices in order to redeem humanity. He was the lamb when he died on the cross. He was the lion when he took the book. He was the lion when he came down on Mount Sunset. Hope we are together here. And he took the book. And after he took the book, go and read. If you are a student of the message, you go and find Brahman say that book that no man was worthy to touch, it was an abstract title deed. He says it was not just a title, it was an abstract title deed. It can be traced all the way back. And he says when Satan caused Adam to lose it, in the Garden of Eden, it went back to the original holder, who is God, because the devil's dirty hands could not touch it. But that book is not a heavenly book. That book is not an angelic book. That book is a human race book. And the book that was lost in the Garden of Eden, on Calvary, somebody qualified to go and take the book. And after he took the book, it did not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. It had to be brought back to humanity. And on Revelation 10, 10 verse 1, it says, Then I saw a mighty angel coming down with one foot upon the sea, with another foot upon the earth. Suppression of the influences of the beast of the sea and the beast from the earth suppressing their influence. And somebody say, but on Sunset Mountain, we did not see him with the two legs. No, we didn't see him with the two legs because the bride is that body. 
You are the one that is suppressing the influence of the, of the World Council of Churches. You are the one that is, in, that is suppressing the influence of Catholicism. You are the one that is suppressing the influence of America. You are the one that is suppressing every demonic influence. Because why? Now you've got the headship. And no wonder Satan say every demon is right under our feet. Because why? The two feet stepped onto every demonic power and brought every demonic power under subjection. That's why we call it mountaintop experience. William Brenham had to go westward. He had to go up on Sunset Mountain. And when he went, he left certain brothers on the bottom. He went alone. And seven angels came out of eternity. And Brother Brandon, in your message, standing in the gap, he says, this seven angel, they had an angelic message. Seven angels came to drop the message to the human race. And when they came, Brother Brandon, how he describes, how it, it unfolded, he says, the seven angels stepped out of eternity and they picked me up and he became part of that constellation. Here, look at it scripturally. John says, I saw the 24 elders. John says, I saw the 24 elders. John saw the 24 elders. But when you are a student of the message or of the Bible, you know that John was part of the 24 elders. But he says, I saw the 24 elders. Him seeing the 24 elders did not make the 24 elders to be 25. He was part of the 25. So he sees 24, but yet the 24 remains 24 because he was part of 24. Brother Branham sees seven angels coming out. They handpicked him. He became part of them. And there was not, they were not eight when they picked him up. They remained seven. As John saw the 24 elders, but yet he was not, he, 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 he saw the 24 elders, but yet the number was not added. He only saw 24 elders because he was part of 24 elders. William Branham sees seven angels coming out of eternity. He sees them, but the number is not added. The number is still seven because this William Branham is part of the seven angels. They hand picked him up. Brother Branham says one of these days when he speaks about unidentified flying objects, he says one of these days, they are watching, it says they are God investigative angels. But in one message, it says, one of these days, your theophany will pick you up. Folks, <laughs> and you will not be added. You are your theophany. Go and check. In the message, it is the rising of the sun. Brother Brown says those seven angels represented the seven, the, the, the seven angels' message, messengers. The seven church age messengers, the seven angels that were on Sunset Mountain represented the seven church age messengers. That is in the message, it is the rising of the sun. Your theophany is your representation. The seven angels represented, oh, hallelujah. The seven angels represented the seven church age messengers. Brother Brother say, one of them they, they picked me up, but the number was not added. Oh, I'm doing something. I'm trying to do something that I should not do. Don't try to explain the supernatural. I know a man in Christ, whether he was in the body or out of the body, but I know such a man. And such a man was taken up to the third heaven. This is Paul speaking about Paul. Now, William Branham, after he is caught up in this constellation, he says there was the seventh angel, the one on my right. He looked more familiar than any of them. He looked notable. He became prominent. He became attracted to him. And he takes his and says, that one is the one that had the mystery of the seventh seal. Now, 
The first seal can never be known unless the seventh seal is revealed. The second seal can never be known because the book was sealed with seven seals. And if it was seven notes, that means the seventh note had to be un- untied in order to reveal what the other notes had hidden. Now, when you say the seventh seal is not revealed, you are making the ministry of Elijah incomplete. But after, he says, these seven angels came from eternity. I was caught up in the constellation and he became part of them. And the last picture that was left there, it was the face of Jesus Christ that was captured by a scientific camera. And he comes to the church months later. He says, look into the picture. Do you see his eyes? Do you see his beard? And he says, it was our Lord Jesus Christ up there. What happened? The son of man came down on Sunset Mountain and was received by a son of man in order to be introduced to the bride of Jesus Christ. And a son of man became a marriage officer between the son of man and his bride. That's why when he preaches the sales, the first thing that he says, he says, I need to say something to you. I no longer call you a church. I now call you the bride. What happened? It was a status change. Where did that come from? Mountaintop experience. Not everybody goes there. Even the disciples, there were, there were 12, but only three were selected to go up there. We may be a church, maybe many in number, but it will take few members of the bride to go on the mountaintop experience and to experience the realm of the revelation of the seventh seal. Hope we are together. He says, the seventh seal brings him back to earth. Why is it supposed to bring him back to earth? Because in paragraph 348, there's got to be a perfection of the ministry. And the ministry comes to its perfection when it reproduces Jesus Christ in human flesh. Therefore, if this message does not produce, reproduce Jesus Christ in human form, in your life, then there is a problem. This message has to reproduce Jesus Christ in human flesh. How is it going to be reproduced? The seventh seal has to bring him back to earth. As Einstein says, no one can comprehend the universe unless the universe is put into that individual. No one can understand and comprehend the seventh seal unless the seventh seal is put into that individual. And the seventh seal is not a literature. The seventh seal is not a sermon. The seventh seal is the person of Jesus Christ being personally revealed to a believer. William Brenham says, he, it was revealed to me in a threefold manner. It was revealed to me in a threefold manner. And later on he comes, he says, it is not revealed. He's referring that to the general public because the revelation of the seventh seal is an individual affair. You can never explain the supernatural. Every time you explain it, you explain it away from the people. So therefore, mountaintop experience is not for everyone. I've heard about Mount Sunset. And I'm told that as you as you climb Mount Sunset before you reach the summit, there's several bodies. People have died there. And their bodies were never retrieved. Jacob just do a research on it. There are hundreds of bodies on Mount Sunset. People that aspired to, to reach mountaintop, to summit uh, Mount Everest, but they never submitted it. I hope I'm not using Mount Sunset and Mount Everest interchangeably, but there is something that I'm saying. There are bodies as you climb Mount Everest. And those hundreds of bodies is of the people that aspire to summit Mount Everest. 
but only a few have reached the top of Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the whole world. The tallest one in Africa is Kilimanjaro. Again, there are people that are tempted and lost their lives because it takes resilience. It takes patience. It takes a well-trained hiker to summit a mountain. Similarly with the Mount Sunset, no one reaches the top of it. What is Mount Sunset? The pinnacle of the revelation of the message of the hour. Not everyone reaches that. Yes, some attempt. Along the way, they drift off. Some attempt. Spiritually, they die along the way. But blessed are those that endured. Blessed are those that were resilient. Blessed are those that waited upon the Lord until they summited Mount Sunset as others summited Mount Everest. Once you get to the mountain top, you've got a panoramic view. Once you get to the mount, mount, mountain top, your view is refined. Once you get to Mount Sunset and get to the Mount Sunset experience, your revelation becomes clearer. It becomes crispy. We speak, you read about the things of God. They just hit you on the face. You can see the coming of the Lord in shadows. You can see the, the seventh seal right from Genesis throughout the entire Bible. Because your vision has been refined. It is not for everyone. Now, it reminds me while I work towards closing. It reminds me of Abraham Lincoln when he released and signed a deal to release the slaves. And he made a proclamation that on such and such day, the colors, black people in America, would be released. And would never be slaves anymore. And it says on that day. They are free. And we are told that on the day. Or before the sunrise of that day. Some went to the top of the mountain. And when they were at the top of the mountain. They wanted because. The rising of the sun. Signaled their liberty. They wanted to be the first ones to experience the rising of the sun on their freedom day. And when they got to the top, we are told some couldn't make it to the top. Some were on the bottom of the mountain. Some were just halfway the mountain top. But we are told those that were at the top, as soon as the sun rose, as soon as they began to see the sunshine, they screamed at the top of their voices, we are free. And that's their, that, the, their message or their voices, we are free, we are free, we are free. Those voices echoed all the way down to the bottom of the mountain. That even those that on the bottom that did not see the sunshine knew that if those on the mountain top say, we are free, we are free, it means indeed we are free. So the people that have experienced the mountain top experience on Sunset Mountain, that have experienced the fullness of the weight, that have experienced the revelation of the seventh seal, that have experienced the power of the third pole, they ought to shout at the top of their voices, he is here, the king is here, the king is here. And somebody that does not know about it, that is caught up in the valley of denominationalism, in the valley of confusion, when they hear you at the mountaintop say, we are free, somewhat you can encourage them to come to the mountaintop. Proof of his resurrection. He speaks on paragraph 49. Now look. Those up 
on the hill could see the sun. So they were free. But as soon as the news came to that fellow in the valley, he was just as free as he would ever be, whether the sun was up or not. You see, Christ came to set the captive free. You don't have to be bound down with habits. Halfway Christian life. God don't want you to be that way. He wants you to be free. God anointed Christ to preach freedom, to open the prison doors. Therefore, we indeed are free. That is the mountaintop experience. Moses had it. The three disciples had it. You as well can have your mountaintop experience. Once you have experienced it, it is going to sustain you for many, many years. It will be there with you through the valleys. It will be there with you through the trials. Your experience of mountaintop experience will never fade away. Your experience of the revelation of who God is and how he resides in you will never fade away. No trial will ever make it fade away. We thank God for the mountaintop experiences. But before that, we thank him for the valleys because it is in the valleys where we refine. It is the valleys that make us today to appreciate this mountaintop experience, to experience the clarity of the weight, to experience the crispiness of revelation, to experience what Godhead is. What is the son, revelation of the Son of Man? Is What is the third pool? What are the seven thunders? You can only experience that when you have reached and summited Sunset Mountain. Because what unfolded today will never die. Keeps on unrolling and unrolling because it was God unveiling himself to the bride of Jesus Christ. We appreciate the Lord for his grace and mercy. We appreciate him for mountaintop experiences. It takes a valley to make you appreciate the mountaintop experience as we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. We appreciate you for being there for us, for being our God. There's no one like you. You were there for us during the valleys. You are the one that elevated us to a mountain top where we can say now we have a hilltop experience, the panoramic view of the weight, the depth of revelation, knowing who you are, not in heaven but in us. That we appreciate it. Pray for everyone. May you protect them. May your grace be upon them. May you provide for their needs. May you heal those that are sick. May you comfort to those that have lost loved ones. It's my heart's desire as we commit everything to the Lord.